coming out of Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 34. Today I plan on wrapping up at least on love, and then we're going on to the core value of healing, and, and then we will proceed from there. Amen. I know it's late in time, so there's some things I'm going to condense um, so we can get out here on a decent time. Matthew 22, verse 34, will be on the screen before you, and it reads as such. Hearing that Jesus had silence, the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert, in the law, that means in the Bible, in the, in, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, in the laws of the prophet. He was a lawyer. He was an expert. Tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, in, in the prophets, in the Ten Commandments? And Jesus replied, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest. This is the one that all the other commandments hang on. The greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. The thought that I want to bring to you this morning is overflowing in and with the love of God. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would just move Tracy out the way and that your word will go forth. Father, even now, Give clarity of thought, clarity of words. Open up our ears that we may hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, speak. Lord, speak. Lord, speak. Amen. It's funny how religion has made what God intended to be so profound, so complex. The problem with many times what we call religion, we add to and take away, and we miss the main point of what the Lord is trying to get to. (laughs) Jesus is literally saying that the Ten Commandments and all the instructions of the Old Testament is about two things being lived out in our lives. And if we're not living out these two things, we're not following what he intended, no matter how it looks. Oh, come on now. You see, because, because, because we can look like we're righteous and our heart is all messed up. Mm. He's not looking for people to be moral. Notice, he's not looking for a moral standard. He's, he's not saying, I, I want you to do cross every 10 days. He said, he said, he said, I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking at your motivation. I'm looking at why you do what you do more than I'm looking at what you do. Because some of us are going to give him the do without giving him the, 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 the right why. But I think, you know what I discovered? That, that to be honest with you, this is hard. Let me go back. Let me, let me come back. Let me come back. No, it's not just hard. It's impossible for us to live in this by ourselves. 
Don't notice the first one puts me in check. The first one puts you in check. If you look at it, it means that in everything you do, that the Lord should come first because you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Matter of fact, some as strength. And what he's really saying is, I want all of you. You know what the hardest thing to do? is be in a relationship and you love that person, that person don't love you back. You can tell when somebody don't got your, when you don't got somebody's heart. Listen, listen, listen to him in, in, in Revelation. Watch him says uh, to the church, he said, you have, you, have, you have lost your first love. You know what he's saying? You don't love me like you used to. You don't put other things in front of me. And, and, and the way you used to pursue me, the way you used to sing to me, the way you used to woo me, you don't love me like that no more. And then he said to them, that's what I got against you. Because you got to understand, for God, he delights in us. He loves us. Him dying on the cross is a testimony of how much he loved you. Matter of fact, he was all in. Say that to your neighbor. Jesus was all in. Jesus was all in. Chris, thank you for telling me that when they put this, the, the spear in the side and, and, and came water and blood, that that separation meant that he gave every ounce of his blood. He's a paramedic. He said when that happens, it means that he has blood, he has bled out. That, that six liters, between five and six liters of blood is what a human body holds. And that's why I said, one of those drops was yours. Yeah. One of those drops is mine. There's almost seven billion people in the earth. There, there was enough, there was enough to cover from the beginning to the end. That, that, that there, was, there was a drop. Listen, that's, that's all in. That's everything. My question to us is this. Then doesn't it requires for our Christianity to get to our hearts? Is he interested in just in our service? Or should our service be beyond just checking the boxes? And shouldn't it require us to check our hearts? Can, can, can I step in this a little bit more? What I realize that until he has our hearts, you can't love other folks the way you're supposed to. Last week, I gave the illustration of salt and how you don't just put salt on the surface. You stir it in. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't put salt in greens after the fact. If you really, uh, somebody said, oh, no. <laughs> you, you put salt in greens while they're cooking. Yeah, hold on, I know I'm going to make y'all hungry. Y'all go in there a few minutes. Let's Watch this. And if you put it in while you're cooking, you don't even see the salt no more, but you can taste it. Matter of fact, I heard some people can make greens so good that the greens is gone. You drink the, you drink the uh, pot liquor, I think it's called. You drink the juice. You take some bread and sup it up. Like, <laughs> I'm starting supping up in here. Hold on. If greens can be that good because you have seasoned it with salt, Shouldn't the church be that good when we're seasoned with love? There ought to be some pot liquor up in here that when folks run to you, they say, oh, that was good. See, see, the influence of salt makes you do things you normally wouldn't do. Somebody said, what you doing? I'm drinking the juice. I'm not going to take no polls, but some of y'all are some good juice drinkers 
after you finish the greens, you turn it up that ball. Why? Because watch this. The taste is in the juice. I do greens a little bit. Listen to what I'm talking When I'm making greens, I don't taste the greens. I taste the juice. Because if the juice is right, I know the greens is right. <laughs> you know what people want to taste from you? The juice of your love. See, the greens is your task. The greens is, is what you do. But watch this. If the juice not right, the greens not right. I don't care how you do church. I don't care how you praise God. I don't care how you call yourself ministering to folks. At the juice. I'm about ready to say something. At the juice. Don't taste good. Don't give me those greens. Because the juice done got in the greens. And it has mixed up. So watch this. The essence of who you are is the juice of your love. I did this, I did this, I did this. Yeah, but if love not in it, it, it God don't want that. And it's easy to become religious. And not saturated. There is a saturation mode that that the seasoning that you put in the greens begin to fuse together to create a desired taste, and it's from top to bottom. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. The top layer would taste like the bottom layer because it then got all the way in. Doesn't matter if you get it from the right side, left side, top, or bottom, you're gonna get the same consistency of taste because the juice has permeated everything. The love of the Lord wants to permeate you. See, we wanna brag about how much we love Him, but wait a minute. Our words do not determine how much we love. It's how you treat the person that you like the less when you got to deal with them. It's how you respond to folks that's getting on your last nerve. Listen, you're not as strong as your strongest link. You're as strong as your weakest link. I was a project engineer at Millicron Foundry that used to lift tons of castings. Some of these castings would be like 60 ton. A ton is 2,000 pounds. Okay? One of my jobs was to make sure that the change that they used for the crane to lift the casting was intact. I would have the crane driver to pick up these heavy chains, lay them on the floor, and I would go link by link. And the only reason I had to go link by link, because I knew that that chain would break at the leakiest link. Since we was dealing with, with melted iron, melted iron would get on the link. Which means then, I had to eliminate the whole chain. Did you hear me? It wasn't replacing the chain. That whole 
that whole uh, 25 foot chain had to be gone. Because I saw one hot iron laying on a link, I knew that that hot iron has damaged the whole chain. If I saw a link that had too much wear in it, I knew when, when there was a big project or there was a new casting and it was extremely heavy, some castings were so heavy that, that these cranes, they had to use two of them to pick it up. I would be standing there scared. Sometimes we would make together new chains for the lift because I knew that if one link break, not only could the casting fall, because sometimes it would travel over people's heads. Dangerous. It was a dangerous place. Very dangerous place. Iron melts at 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So, so, so I heard a story of a, in the large molding area that they was lifting a casting and a chain broke and the casting didn't hit nobody, but the broken link shot like a bullet, hit a man's hand with his glove on. When he took his glove off, two fingers was left in the glove. Do you know how important your life is on impacting people? At any time, someone who knows you're a Christian, knows you his representative, and we, and we don't handle and, and, and it's an opportunity for us to shine, and we put our light out. I hate, I, I hate to say this, but your life is not about you. You've been bought with a price. He paid a heavy price to let his love shine through you. And don't get me wrong, I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. I know. So, somebody told me, I, I, I went to, uh, was it, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and, and I, I was corrected this morning. Somebody said, man, you can't be going around calling people crackpots. And I didn't mean it that way. What I meant was this, this verse in, in Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says this. He says, we are clay vessels. I got a question. Do anybody ever find dust in their house? Have you ever wondered where dust came from? T tell you, somebody said, tell us, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Dust comes from you. You are flaking off skin par particles all the time. So that dust that you, or when the light's shining through, you see that stuff flying around, say, hi, me. <laughs> listen, when we do an internment, listen to my words. We says, we says, earth to earth, Ashes to ashes. Now watch it. The smallest particle, dust to dust. Why? Because that body turned back to its original form. Dust. Genesis. That he too, that God took the dust of the earth and he formed the clay, the dust, and he molded it. So watch this. So it's not the outside that God sees as precious. It's the inside. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. 
I think we ought to look good. I think we ought to wear makeup, women. I think you ought. <laughs> I got to straighten out some things, because nowadays, okay, okay, I, I think you all, we ought to do the best we can. But, but wait a minute, if, if you all dressed up on the outside and messed up on the inside, you're messed up. Hold on, watch this, watch this. We are, okay, thank you, Otis. We are clay vessels. I'm a crackpot. Y'all are clay vessels, okay? Y'all are clay vessels that got cracks. I don't care how you try to make people think you got it all together. You don't. Hold on. Can I, can I go a little bit deeper? Even if you don't see your cracks, they see your cracks. You hang around anybody long enough, you realize, whew, they got issues. <laughs> but hold on, don't judge them too, 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 too. You know why? Because they think about you, they got issues. None of us is entirely where we've been called to be. We are growing. We are a work in process. Now listen what God has, I mean, and God had to nail this in me because sometimes, if you don't understand, it feels like God is doing child abuse. been where you knew you was walking with him and he got you in a place that you don't like. And you begin to blame the devil and the Lord says it's not him, it's me. Hold on, hold on. For the theologians in the house, where the devil's doing it? Well, the devil had to ask permission and God let him. Listen to me. We try to hold ourselves together and operate out of our own strength. And God don't want your strength. He operates through your weakness. One of the greatest lessons that I'm learning is how weak I am. How fragile I am. And you got to understand, for me... Because I was the type, I didn't need nobody. I got this. I'm hard. I, I was as hard as I could be. And God had to break that and say, I can't use you then. And he had to get me to the place where I quit depending so much on myself. Is there anybody got that problem? Is it, don't, don't leave me out here by myself. I was, I was complaining one day, and, and I was driving back for the second for this service from the 8 o'clock, and I was complaining, and, and in my mind, I, I saw this, this clay vessel appear, and it had cracks in it. And I said, Lord, you killing me. Lord, you crushing me. And as I was talking, in my mind's eye, in the sky, was this big clay vessel that appeared. And it, I saw the cracks, and to me it was ugly. And as I kept on watching, I was driving, and I saw another bigger vessel that had liquid gold staring over it and being poured into the vessel that was all cracked up. And the liquid gold began to pour through the cracks. He said, I'm cracking you so I can pour myself through you. Because without the cracks, they can't see me. I didn't like it anymore, but I understood that if, if, if I want more anointing, if I want more power, if I want to be used by God, God has to crack me till Tracy is out of the way. Yeah. 
trust God when he got you in a place that you don't like? Can you say yes, Lord, when God won't change your situation? Will you quit manipulating and trying to control everything? Because listen, listen, listen. Manipulation is a form of witchcraft. Because witchcraft is trying to fix it yourself by your manipulation of things and people. Witchcraft is called on demonic powers to change your situations for yourself. The seed of it is the same. God don't need you to fix what he's doing. You know what? I, I had a revelation. I can't fix me. Did you hear that? One of the biggest revelations I had to come to is, I don't know what to do with me. I mean, real stuff. I'm not a bag of chip and pop, too. In order for God to use you, he has to break you. I'm going to do a sermon on this, but I had a thought. It's amazing that when God breaks things in his hands, it multiplies. As long, as long as you hold, you right there. But when God start breaking you, he start blessing other people through you. See, some of us, the reason why we haven't seen the power of God, because we too intact, we think. We think, we think, we think, we're trying to hold it together. We're trying to hold it down. No, I got this. No, no, you can't do that. No, 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 it's me, it's me, it's my, my, my. And God said, okay. One of the most dangerous things, watch this one I'm saying, when God leaves you to yourself. Can't nobody beat me up like me. Can't nobody hurt me like me. And if you check and, and be honest with yourself, can't nobody do you worse than you do yourself. Listen, you're dangerous to yourself if you left to yourself. And then we say that God is doing it and it's us doing it all the time. Oh, you know what? I, I, I don't understand. Yes, I do. It just hit me. I was going to ask the question. I don't understand why it's so hard to yield and surrender to him. Well, this is the fact. We don't trust him. That's why faith is the first thing that's on the core value because you can't walk in love properly until you trust him. Now, now notice what love is. Hold on. Love don't start with us loving here. Love starts with letting God love you from here. The truth of the matter is, we talk it, but not too many people living in it. Because in order to live in it, you got to trust it. Did you know that there's some people that won't let you love them? Listen, and those people won't let God love them. Because if your heart is shut, to loving folks, your heart is shut to receiving love, and you can't receive the love of God with a shut heart. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Man, you got, you got, you got something to put in my hand? Anything in your pocket? I hope it's money, but... You're going to give me an empty envelope, but I take it, huh? <laughs> okay. He's going to give me his car keys. He's going to give me his car. Watch. Come on, man. I want your car. No matter how much I say I want it, if my heart is closed, 
God is trying to love on me, love on you, but guess what? It's going around us because our heart is closed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now watch this. And when you're trying to give something to somebody, you can't get this, you can't receive. And with a closed heart, you can't give. Saved, but not delivered. Life has done us to the place that we have allowed Satan to trick us and close our hearts. Listen to Paul as he writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. He says, when I think of the plan of salvation, the message Bible said, I fall. I fall. I'm so moved by the love of God. I'm so moved at how much he cares about us. He said, I fall on my knees. I pray that, that your spirit will be open and that he will grant unto you the riches of his mercy that you, that he's the God of our fatherhood and that you may receive and be rooted and grounded in his love. You know what Paul is saying? It's available, but I pray that you receive it. I pray that you walk in it. How I know it's available? Because on the cross, he gave it all. Listen, 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 listen. listen. How, I'm trying to think how how I'm going to ask this question the right way. Are you all in on him? Because he's all in on you. That's why he says in Revelation chapter 3, he says, talking to the church, he's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. He said, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. If you let me in, I'll come and be intimate with you because having dinner is intimacy. Sitting down talking, he said, but you got me at the outside of your heart and I'm knocking because you're going to shut the door on me. Check out the pictures. I'm not making it up. But, but we read it, and we don't read it from a relationship standpoint. We gloss over it because we have made it religion and not relationship. Can I throw something else at you? We're almost out of here. You can uncurl your toes. Not yet. I got one more. I got one more. He says, he says, he says, he says, I wish... You was hot after me. Since you not hot after me, then I wish you was cold and cold me that you'd even know me. That's what he's saying. He says, I'm trying to protect my heart because your heart is breaking my heart. Listen to what I'm saying. Watch me now. Because we're talking about relationship. He said, I wish that you was red hot after me like I'm red hot after you. He said, he said, he said, matter of fact, I would rather than the relationship I have with you, I would rather for you to not know me so I can woo you into loving me. He said, but since you are lukewarm towards me, your relationship towards me make me sick at my stomach. No, it's not pew you out. That's not the tent. The tent is the relationship got me so heartbroken. I'm sick at the stomach. See, see, we, we, we change the words because we don't put in the context of relationship. He said, I am so heartbroken over folks that I love who won't love me back. I'm married to the church and the church is lots of days ago about how I love them. I am so sick, Greek, that I throw you up because yes, I'm sick 
and this. Have you ever been lovesick? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Watch this. Paul begins to write and he says this. He says, I pray that you be rooted and grounded, that you may come to experience. Experience is saying Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14, verse 16. That you become to experience, not, not just head knowledge, but you experience. Hey, watch this. You can't love him until he till you let him love you. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's open it up and say, Lord, watch this. This is hard because it's not all of a sudden, it's a little by little. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You got to test it to trust it. Yes, sir. But when you test him, you find out he's faithful. Yes, sir. Hold on now. Come on, come on. Now watch this. It's, it's not us looking at our expectation. It's realizing he's not a genie in a bottle. He's my savior. So watch this. So, so what happens is that the more you yield to him, the more he show up in you. Yes, See, some of us want him to operate on the outside. God wants to operate on the inside. Yes. Let me, let me, let me, he said, I want you to know the height of it, the, the width of it, the depth of it. I, I want you to know all, all, all dimensions of it. Now, I go to verse 21, and, I, and this hit me this week. I never, I've preached this before, but I never saw it in context. You know the verse was now on him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or can imagine. Now, we say that in prayer. Yeah, we get excited. Yes, God is able to do all that in my prayer life. So we ask this prayer, we end it. You are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. But, but hold on. All that is true. But let's deal with this in context. Because in the scripture he's dealing with, he says, my work in you. Amen. Hold on. He said, my fact, he said, he said, he said, my love in you. What he's saying is, is what he said, the way I will love you will blow your mind. He said, and it, it will come to the place where even you don't see it. But other folks will see it through you. What's this? What's this? Listen, the blessing many times is not for you. It's for you blessing other people. Listen, we are not even a judge because you can't be your own mirror. You need other people around you to tell you what God is doing through you. <laughs> and, and you will see the reaction of people. Moses has been in the presence of God and his face is shining. I bet you if there was mirrors back then, Moses, if he looked at his face, he wouldn't have saw it shining. Because he couldn't see his the glory of God in his life. He was the person. So people, he's, he's walking, people running from him because and he don't know what's going on. He said, what's wrong with that? He said, your face is shining like the sun. We can't stand the glory that is on you. So, so Moses began to let me show you how quickly we get in self. The glory was gone and Moses knew it because it wore out because he had not been in the presence of God for a while. Hold on. So number one, it tells me the glory wasn't his. It was the Lord's. And he got it when he spent time with the Lord. Since he had not been with the Lord for a while, the glory he used to walk in, he wasn't walking in. Now, hold on. Watch this. So he didn't want people to know that the anointing wasn't on him no more. So he kept the veil. Don't, don't, don't tell me we don't fake it sometimes. Don't, don't tell me we know we're disconnected. And we, ah, he said, ah, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
stuff we do on Sunday morning is church performance. We want folks to think we all that. And the glory, bingo, bingo, because we haven't maintained relationship. When we maintain the relationship, it's the Holy Spirit that is flowing through us. Listen, if our mind on Sunday morning is more on people seeing us than it is on people seeing Jesus, hmm. Let me share. I'm, I'm done. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. God gave me, I don't know if there's anybody else. He gave me the picture of, of, of the ultimate preach sermon for me. The picture he showed me that as I was expounding about him, that people got a glimpse of him. And they started shouting, looking up and praising him. And I realized they wasn't hearing me. So I picked up my Bible, picked up my script, walked out of the church, and nobody knew I was gone. He said, because Tracy, it's not about you. It's about him. So point towards me till they see me. See, it's not about you, boo. It's not about you. It's about the Lord and his glory. And it's when you are pointing towards him that folks no longer look at you, that they see the love you walk in. They see the peace you walk in. They see the connection you have. They see him all over you. That they begin to say, our God is an awesome God. And he's worthy to be praised. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Are we so salted with love that people are moved by how you love them? Are we salted with love that even if we put you in a hard place, love come out? Well, I got my rights. No, you've been bought with a price. Not about you. It's about him. And he has the right to use us as his instruments. The Message Bible is this passage where it says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or can imagine by the power of God. What's this? In us, through us, overflowing with his love, walking in his love. Now watch this. Now look, look what it says. It says, glory to Christ. Glory in the church. Glory in millennium. Glory forever and ever. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, me, let me tie it all together. Can I tie it all together? What he's saying is, ultimately, what I want out of you is that I shine so much through you that folks will give our Father in heaven the praise. To the place that's not about you. But they so see Christ in you that they say there must be a God. There gotta be a God somewhere because there's something about you that let me know whoever you serve, I wanna serve him too. Is there an anointing on you that is greater than what you can imagine? Listen, God just wants you to be his instrument. You know what? And you don't have to help him out. Be willing, be available, and be submitted. Did you hear that? Watch this. Watch this. Whenever we make it about us, flush them, rise them. You know what you, know you got to do? 
You got to get in your prayer closet till you take that off. There's some things that don't come off but in prayer. Let me prove it. Then I'm done. Jesus, James, Peter and John is on the Mount of Transfiguration. And they are seeing the glory of Jesus up there. Now, now first of all, I, got, I, I, I want to ask the question. Why Peter, John, and James? Why are Peter, John, and James the only one that goes to the house when Jesus raised up the dead little girl? Why is Peter, John, and James at the Garden of Gethsemane allowed to come closer in the agony? Why are Peter, John, and James the only one that experienced the transfiguration uh, experience? Well, why, why, why is Peter, it writes a book, John writes a book, James become the first pastor and is killed early in Acts. Okay, well, why is it, it seems like God used them the most because they want to be closer? Listen, you can get as close as you want to get according to your desire. That's what he gives you. If you don't want nothing, you won't get nothing. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Listen, 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 because you got to hear this next part. So here he is. They come down and the man says, I've been with your disciples and they can't do nothing with my little boy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They have already cast out demons. They have already did miracles. Why this one? The clue is in the question Jesus asked the father. He said, how long? How long has he been demon possessed? Father said, long time. So so watch this. The Bible tells us this, that this demon has made this little boy his home, and possession gets deeper the longer it stays. The, uh, the disciples have dealt with some stuff, but they never dealt like, with nothing like this. You got me. Okay? So now what is happening, this demon store is showing out. The boy flipping up in the air, going to convulsion, probably head turning around, saying, how you like me now? How you like me now? <laughs> you know, there's some crazy stuff going down there at the edge of the mountain. <laughs> So, you know, so, so watch this. So, so they're saying the words, but there's no faith in what they're saying. Because fear has came in. Because if you don't operate in faith, you have no power. Their connection is broken. Their connection is broken. Say that with me. Their connection is broken. Got me. How I know that? Because Jesus looked at it, commanded it to go, it goes. So now when he's in the house, the disciples come in secret and say, why couldn't we do it? Jesus says this, this type, this level, this deepness, don't come out but by prayer. You know what he's saying? You haven't been in the presence of the Father long enough. You haven't spent time with him. You are now operating your own strength, trying to operate spiritual power with natural means. The power is not in the words. The power is in your relationship. Say that. Your power is in your relationship. A relationship is, 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 is cultivated by communication and time, heart to heart. Hold on, hold on. You know one of the things that God does in breaking you? You realize you need him. Oh, show me somebody that's been broken deeply. And I show you somebody that in their brokenness, they realize, I need you, Lord. I don't know anybody, anybody else, but I need you. Lord, I can't breathe without you. I can't move without you. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, I can't, I can't. I'm done. The most blessed place in our brokenness is when you realize 
from a true realized manner, I can't. I need you. Lord, I, I, I've, been, I've been doing the right things. I, I, I've been saying the right things, but there's no glory. There's no power. You know what? When God begins to operate through you, stuff begins to happen that you can't even imagine. Amen. God will put you in the right position to influence others. And you never dream or imagine. The matter of fact, all the way to what you're doing. Okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. And you don't even know what he's doing. But God is orchestrating things all around you. He's, he's moving people. He's bringing people. He's setting up situations. He's closing them. He's opening the door. And until the place that you get to the place, Lord, I know it's you. I know it's not me. It's you doing it all. See? There's a whole lot of people who, who say that they want to be blessed, but they're not willing to give up what it takes to be blessed. It costs you something to walk in anointing. It costs you something to walk in favor. Self got to die. Self got to die. But when self die, Jesus rises up. Say with me, rise up, Jesus. Rise up, Jesus. Be glorified. Be magnified in me. Lord, rise up, Jesus. Rise up, Jesus. Be glorified. Be magnified in me. Rise up, Jesus. Rise up. That is the position of the church. He's rising. He want to rise up in you. He want to have his way with you. He want to be glorified in you. He want to be magnified in you. See, when you see him, you get to can't help us. You get to the place you say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Nobody but you, Lord. Jonathan Edwards, 